Hey, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope that wherever you are today, this Wednesday, that you are getting ready to have a wonderful time with your families. My name is Heidi St. John. This is the Off the Bench podcast. And today I'm going to give you a little bit of the history of Thanksgiving. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I am very excited today because, well, first of all, I've got a wonderful guest coming on my show tomorrow. My friend, Dr. Jeff Myers, who is the president of Summit Ministries, is going to come on on Thursday and Friday, and we're going to talk about the fight for truth and why it's so important. I just did that interview today ahead of Thanksgiving, and you guys are going to be so, so blessed. But I've been getting some questions here at the show, which really kind of shows where we're at, I think, as a culture. A lot of people don't understand the history of Thanksgiving anymore or why it's so important that we do it. And I think we have forgotten in many ways what God says in his word about being thankful. We are called to be a thankful people, thankful for what we've been given, thankful for what uh, for what God has done. This nation, despite what you guys may have heard on the news or in your public universities or in your high schools, this nation really was formed as a Christian nation. And the pilgrims didn't come here like a lot of people think, to flee persecution. Uh, they came because they'd been hanging out in Holland, right, for a long time. What they were worried about, these are the Puritans, what they were worried about was that their kids were going to be seduced by the culture. So they weren't worried about persecution. They were worried that their kids were going to be seduced, really, by the culture. And boy, I'll tell you what, you fast forward to 2022, and they weren't wrong. What they were afraid of was going to happen in the materialistic Dutch culture has actually happened right here in the United States. And frankly, we need to teach our children why Thanksgiving is so important. And I hope you guys are taking time today to really talk about the pilgrims, talk about why America has such a rich history and how come it's so important that we understand what the history is. So today at the show, I'm going to be reading to you a little bit of just from some snippets that I have found that I think would be interesting to you to hear. Also, the original proclamation by George Washington, uh, the original Thanksgiving proclamation, and then again, solidified later on with Abraham Lincoln. I told you guys uh, the story of Sarah Hale, and she really was responsible for getting Thanksgiving uh, to the the desk of President Abraham Lincoln, who then made it a national holiday. Because before then, it was... You know, after George Washington's Thanksgiving Day proclamation, it was really handled by the states. It wasn't a federal holiday. It was Abraham Lincoln that did that. But back in the 1620s, so let's go back to the, the to the pilgrims for just a minute, because back in the 1620s, you have to think to yourself, what would it have taken to get uh, all of these people, men, women and children to sail across the ocean in really what was a time of danger. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't exactly amazing where they were going. They were headed to Manhattan, right? They were going to plant this, this, uh, this pilgrimage to the United States. Well, well, it wasn't the United States then, but this pilgrimage over to North America, what they wanted to do was make a puritanical culture and they picked Manhattan to do it. But of course the winds and the tides blew them miles and miles off course. And they ended up uh, on the frozen coastline of Massachusetts. If you guys have never been to see the uh, the Plymouth Colony, you've got to get out and do it. These guys landed over uh, off of the, the coast of Massachusetts. It's freezing cold. And somehow they saw this trip that God had given them 
and all of the hardships that they endured, not even realizing that the hardships that they endured getting here were going to pale in comparison to what was coming. They saw it as the providence of God. Michael Medved wrote an awesome piece for Prager University. You guys know that I love the work that Prager University does. And Michael Medved writes this amazing uh, article for them. And I want to read a little bit of it to you because I think it it does more than just tell a story. It paints a picture. And this is what he said. He said, after a giant wave picked up the flimsy boat talking about the Mayflower and they sent out a scouting boat on a stormy December night, the turbulent sea then deposited them safely, miraculously, on a little island within sight of the ideal location for their settlement. It was a deserted Indian village with cleared land, stored supplies of corn, and a reliable source of fresh water. No, these supposedly cruel conquerors never actually invaded that village. Instead, they expressed a fervent desire to pay the natives for the dried corn they found, if only they could find someone to pay. But the former inhabitants had perished during three years of plague, probably smallpox, that immediately preceded the pilgrims' arrival. One of the few survivors of that devastation turned up several months later to welcome the English newcomers. Against all odds, he proved to be the single human being on the continent best suited to help the struggling settlers since he spoke English and had already embraced Christianity. You guys know who that was? Your kids know? His name was Squanto. And he had grown up in this very village before a ruthless sea captain kidnapped him as a boy and sold him into slavery in Spain. After four years, he was freed by kindly monks and made his way to England and finally sailed again across the Atlantic, only to find his friends and family all wiped out from disease. Over the next few months, Squanto helped the English newcomers plant crops and negotiate a friendly trade agreement with the region's most important chief, Chief Massasoit. No wonder pilgrim leader William Bradford called Squanto a special instrument sent of God for their good. The celebration, later known as the first Thanksgiving, actually involved a three-day harvest festival in October, apparently inspired by the biblical Feast of Tabernacles. Ninety hungry Indian warriors joined the 53 surviving pilgrims for this occasion. Remember, nearly half of the colonists had died during the brutal winter. And the Englishmen provided some vegetables, some fish, and perhaps wild turkeys, while the natives brought five recently hunted deer as house gifts. The preferred sport on this occasion wasn't football, but shooting, with settlers and Indians sharing a fierce fascination with guns. These hardy pilgrims loom large in the American imagination. They never built their pilgrim settlement into a major colony. In nearby Boston, the later colony of Massachusetts Bay, grace grew so much faster that it swallowed up the great-grandchildren of the pilgrims of 1691. But the sense of purpose of the original pilgrims left a permanent imprint on the national character. They maintained unshakable confidence that God protected them, not to grant special privileges, but to impose special responsibilities. They saw themselves as instruments, not authors, of a mysterious master plan. Today, with our continued blessing so obvious and overwhelming, the only reason to treat this beloved national holiday as a time of mourning, which I just heard is happening in Seattle, is that some foolish Americans actually think that that's a good idea. The pilgrims, however, knew better. They understood that people from every culture and every area can gain more from gratitude than from guilt. And I, I'm watching you know, things swirling around the internet right now and people talking about how we should be embarrassed about Thanksgiving. And it just simply isn't true. 
And we have Thanksgiving because, as I told you last week, of a woman named Sarah Hale. And if you've never gotten the book, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today, it's a great book to read to your kids and Abraham Lincoln. Americans, by and large, have always been a religious people. We understood that we were blessed by the providence of God and we sought to and and failed at, at points along the way. But we've sought to bring freedom and peace across the United States. And the Civil War, of course, happening uh, in uh, in the 1800s in the autumn of 1863 at the height of the Civil War, when Americans were bitterly divided. I mean, this reminds me of where we are now. Our nation is bitterly divided, divided over COVID, divided over politics. It's something that my friend uh, Jeff Meyer and I are going to talk about tomorrow on the show. How do we bring people together? How can we bring people together in a time when we are divided over literally everything? And one of the things that he's going to say tomorrow, and we'll talk about this more, is that we've got to stop thinking that the Internet is real. If you spend too much time on the Internet, you start thinking, boy, everybody thinks that men can have babies. And that's actually not true. And in the midst of the the the, the height of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln, who is really I mean, he's got his work cut out for him. He decides he's going to call for a national day of Thanksgiving. And here is how he began his proclamation. And I quote, the year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. This was an extraordinary way for him to talk about 1863 because this was the bloodiest year of the Civil War. He went on to say that in the midst of a Civil War of unequaled severity and magnitude. So talking about in the middle of all this stuff, the American people had much to be thankful for. And even though I am very frustrated at where the country is politically, I'm concerned for where the church is. We still, as Christians, have a hopeful message, just like Abraham Lincoln did in the middle of the Civil War. And we need to be reminded that America really is a place to be thankful for. And we can either participate in that or we can shun it. And Lincoln's decision to call for Thanksgiving to be a national holiday really came from Sarah Hale. And this is why I love this story so much and why I've read it to all of our kids. She is the reason that we are celebrating Thanksgiving today. And I hope, I mean, as I'm, you know, looking more and more into Thanksgiving and becoming more thankful for it as an adult, I hope that you will be talking to your children and your grandchildren as you gather together on Thanksgiving. Maybe you just take a few minutes and you talk about Sarah Hale and you talk about the Civil War and you talk about Lincoln and you talk about George Washington Maybe this is the time for us as Americans, as Christians who love this country to get together and say, Lord, we have a lot to be thankful for and actually put feet to that by explaining the history of Thanksgiving to our kids. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it's an interesting juxtaposition that we find ourselves in right now as a, as a nation that is so deeply divided. And we've got leaders who are not bringing us together. They're furthering the divide. And Lincoln understood this. And I think it's interesting in his speech, he didn't make any reference to rebels or enemies. The president spoke of the whole American people. What an incredible contrast to what we're having happening in, uh, in the culture right now. And over at Prager University, Melanie Kirkpatrick, who wrote about this, said that this was a message 
that resonated then and it resonates today when Americans, even within families, are divided over issues of politics and culture. Thanksgiving, our nation's oldest tradition, brings us together just as it brought the pilgrims and Indians together in 1621. Lincoln said it best when he called on every American to celebrate Thanksgiving, quote, with one heart and one voice. No wonder they're trying to divide us. Thanksgiving gives us a moment to focus on the blessings of being Americans, on the prosperity, the security, and the freedom that we enjoy. And if Lincoln could focus on those blessings in the middle of a civil war, we should certainly be able to do it today. Here's a suggestion. At this year's Thanksgiving table, ask everyone to spend a minute and talk about what they're grateful for. And I suspect that you'll find your guests will have a long and eloquent list. And if they don't, maybe our kids can help them out. Maybe we start with family and friends and the blessings of living in the most amazing and freest country on the face of the earth. Because if we don't give thanks, what is the point of Thanksgiving? This is the proclamation which set the precedent for Americans' National Day of Thanksgiving. And I'm going to read it to you because during his administration, President Lincoln issued many orders similar to this one. For example, on November 28, 1861, he ordered the government departments closed for a local day of Thanksgiving. Prior to this, And remember, I told you that uh, George Washington had also issued a proclamation of Thanksgiving. So each state had scheduled its own Thanksgiving holiday at different times, mainly New England and the northern states. But Lincoln really responded to Sarah Hale's request immediately, unlike his predecessor. So you guys might remember last week I talked about this, that she had written to many, many presidents before President Lincoln, and they ignored her petitions. But in her letter to Lincoln, she mentioned that she had been advocating for a Thanksgiving holiday, a national holiday for 15 years as the editor of a magazine. And Lincoln really took a liking to it. And he was like, you know what? We're in the middle of a civil war. Thanksgiving. It's just exactly what we need. And so this is what he said. This was the proclamation. I try to read it every single year here at the show. And so uh, I hope that you'll take just a moment and listen to Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving Day proclamation was written on October 3rd, 1863. That year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed, that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are so extraordinary in nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow the shuttle or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well as of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than before. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in camp. The siege and the battlefield and the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with a large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath divide nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are gracious gifts of the Most High God, 
who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do, therefore, invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our Heavenly Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty God to heal the wounds of a nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Wow. I mean, there's so much that goes into this. Every year when I read it, it seems to take on a different tone for me. And we certainly now coming down uh, from two years, two and a half years, really, of unimaginable strife and conflict here in the United States. And when Lincoln talked about the perverseness, he was asking God, he's like, God, forgive our nation not just for the conflict that we're unavoidably engaged in, but also for the perverseness of our nation. And let us come before you and say, thank you for what you've given us. And we understand he was saying, in effect, that all things work together for good. He was saying, Lord, we want this time of suffering to come to an end, but not until you are ready because you see what we need in your divine providence. Boy, if we would take on that attitude as Christians, I think we'd see a different church right now and certainly a different country. So as you guys take time to talk about Thanksgiving with your kids, I'm going to link back to some books uh, in the show notes today. I know it's Wednesday, but if you have an opportunity to go grab some Thanksgiving stories or just read them with your kids, sit down and take some time to explain to your children and to your grandchildren why Thanksgiving is so important and why it's worth celebrating. I know that in, in the culture We seem to skip right over it. We just go from Halloween straight to Christmas. I know the Christmas decorations are all over the place around here, but let's take a moment tomorrow and really thank the Lord for what he's done and seek him in the year to come. You guys, God loves this country. The Bible talks about nations. God is a fan of nations. As I've said many times, he's a fan of walls. He's a fan of national sovereignty, but God wants us as a nation to follow him. Our nation was founded by men and women who revered and respected and honored God. They weren't perfect people by any stretch of the imagination, but the heart of this nation has always been to be a free nation that would honor God and worship him in freedom and prosperity. And so that's what I'm praying for as we celebrate yet another Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a wonderful time with your families. And uh, tomorrow, I know you're going to be busy, but maybe on Friday you can catch up. My friend, Dr. Jeff Myers, who's the president of Summit Ministries, is going to join me here. And we're going to be talking about a book that he wrote on truth and why it's so important that we engage the culture in these conversations. It's really an uplifting episode. I think you guys are going to be blessed by it. And then we'll come back on Monday and I'll be answering more of your questions. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, you guys. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.